Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, we're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host Simon Fink and welcome to episode 280. We're welcoming back a familiar face to the podcast this week. It is the always caring and lovely Greta Ray. The Aussie pop singer and songwriter has released her second studio record today, which is titled Positive Spin. Now, before we dive into our conversation with Greta, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you find good podcasts on and ensure you're following us across all of our social media channels. Next week, we've got a brand new record store video on our YouTube series. It is with the one and only Greta Ray. So please make sure you subscribe to be notified when it is released. Details for all of our socials can be found within the show notes of today's episode. Our guest today is Greta Ray. The much-beloved Australian songwriter came to the country's attention all the way back in 2016 with her Triple J unearthed high-winning entry, Drive. Since that time, she's worked on her musical craft and learnt who she really is within the process, and she's toured and supported artists like Gang of Youth and Sam Fender, and back in 2021, she released her debut record, Begin to Look Around. Today, she's releasing Positive Spin, which is her second studio record and another beautiful evolution for the musician. This new record has her trialing further pop sonics while writing from a more honest space lyrically. Now, in today's episode, we speak with Greta about this second record and how she's managed to blend organic style instrumentation in with some cutting edge pop beats. We discuss the honesty in her lyrics and the brilliance of songs like Don't Date the Teenager. In September, Greta will be heading out on the road for the Big Pop Show Tour in support of Positive Spin, so we also ask Greta about what fans can expect from those shows. Positive Spin is out right now, and we've put links in the show notes of where you can buy the vinyl and purchase tickets to her tour. We also want to say a massive thank you to Miriam from EMI Australia for her help with today's episode. Here is our conversation with Greta Ray. Please welcome back to This Song Is Yours, Greta Ray. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing very well, Greta. How are you today? I'm doing so well. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming back. Um, You've always been very kind to us. You came on the show in 2021 and then last year you came back to um, have a little discussion about Lizzie McAlpine and her record at the end of the year. So we very much appreciate all that you do for us. What has been going on since we last spoke in December? Um, Well, December would have been right before I jumped into the studio to kind of um, 
start finalizing the production of Positive Spin um, and doing all of the vocals. We spent about three months kind of working on everything in immense obsessive detail. Um, so that's happened and then some releases have happened and yeah, it's been good. It's been a very productive start to the year, I think. As you just mentioned, it is a very exciting time. There is a brand new full length record out from yourself. Positive Spin is out today. Congratulations on this beautiful piece of work. Thank you. Thank you of so course. much. <laughs> It's very exciting. I know that there's a lot of people fans-wise that are excited. I know a lot of people industry-wise are excited. I feel like Greta seems to bring out the best in everyone across the spectrum. Um, How are you feeling now that this record is coming out? Oh, my goodness. Um, It does feel like it's been a long time coming, um, which might seem strange to others. I, I think that 2022 was like the year that I really got to champion begin to look around, uh, because I was touring it for the first time because it came out in lockdown and I was uh, touring it again with gang of youths. And so that I was kind of really letting that record shine and already there's like another record, but I guess like in between that I was writing so much. And so I had so many songs and I just was really looking forward to telling more stories so yeah, to me, it feels like I've been waiting a while and I'm just happy that people have the body of work in full. It is an incredible piece of work, Greta. I do have to commend you on that. Thank um, you. The sonics of this record, the sound are incredible. You even kind of address it in that opening track that it, it is a, to embrace a new era. <laughs> um, and I feel like the sound of this, I couldn't, I actually spent a lot of my weekend trying mm. to work out the best analogy for this. And so I apologize because I, I couldn't come up with anything that is, um, that you could call prose, but I would say that this record is, um, it's more, a little bit more pop focused. It's still very much a Greta Ray album. It's almost like if begin to look around had a musical love child with the self-titled Moona record that came out last year. Well, that's just wonderful. That's such good news to me. Oh, yeah. I actually listened to so much Muna when I was writing Positive Spin. I listened probably more so to their um, sophomore record, fittingly, um, Saves the World. Saves the World Mm -hmm. was just my everything um, for a long time. And so I did go into many writing sessions and I would bring in like for a while I was going in with like three specific songs and I was like, you have to just listen to all of these. Like, this is just what I'm loving right now. <laughs> and one of them was stay away. I played every single person ever stay away. Cause it's, it's such a classic, you know, timeless song. So thank you for that. I'm, I'm glad that that is <laughs> what you have come to with positive spin. That's wonderful. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't articulate it better, but I'm glad that we were kind of on the money in relation to, I guess, one of the references for it. Indeed. (laughs) Uh, This, I guess, was that a decision that you made going into the studio, having some certain tracks ready to know what sonics you wanted to kind of push for this record? Um, yeah, I think by the time that we got to finalizing the production for everything, I definitely had some solid reference points. When I was doing the writing sessions, I was just kind of like, you always just kind of lean on what you're obsessed with in that moment, I think, um, or some, some element from it. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely knew from the first session 
well, the first song, the oldest song on the record that I wrote was at the beginning of 2020, just before COVID hit and I was in London. And that was when I was, you know, in the honeymoon phase with Muna, <laughs> I think. And yeah, so I kind of definitely knew I was going to take it in that direction. Um, yeah. This whole record as well, I feel not only sonically, but um, lyrically as well is is an evolution of the the Greta Ray sound and kind of songwriting craft. It um, it seemed to be that on this record there was a lot, I felt, and please correct me if I'm wrong, there's a lot more honesty going on. There's less metaphors and more calling it how you see it, which I thought was very refreshing. The first few listens I had of the record not took me by surprise, but it was uh, like a, a really welcome kind of change, I guess. How are you... How did you approach that change? What brought that on? Ooh, well, I'm so happy you asked that because that definitely was something that kind of took me by surprise too. But then I just, after a while, I really ran with it, I think. Um, I think that I was probably feeling a little bit more comfortable in writing pop music after Begin to Look Around because for me, like, that record was such a kind of, like, bridging genres situation. I was kind of trying to move comfortably from what I had known and what kind of sonic palette I'd been using in my late teens into something that was more in the pop world, but it was still had a lot of organic instruments and it was still like very lush. And this new record is lush too. Um, but I think in terms of the writing style like and how that kind of shifted along with the sonics. I think that, yeah, I think the more that you kind of indulge in pop and listen to pop, the more that you just really want to make something hit hard when you say it. Um, and yeah, the more that I learned about writing pop songs, I think the less I wanted to kind of dress things up or, or feel a sense of urgency to, I think also there is a part of me that, when writing begin to look around, like for when I was younger, I, I definitely, as much as I, I love lyrics so much, and that is definitely at like the forefront of everything that I do. I think that there probably was part of me that was like quite concerned about like really wanting to be taken very seriously mm -hmm. as a writer and wanting to assure everything was dressed up um, because I felt like that is why people were watching. Um, like, oh gosh, when is the alliteration going to happen? <laughs> When's this going to happen? And I still like love those things. But I think that sometimes in being really mindful of like, oh, how fancy and complex can I make it? Sometimes the um, kind of directness of the message that you're discussing in the song can get lost. And so I think with Positive Spin, I think that I have learned to just, yeah, say the message in a more clear way rather than be concerned about, you know, how I'm saying it, if that makes sense. No, no, 100%. It does make sense. I think there's also a... Um it's a terrible, terrible kind of, um, not even standard, but I think that for a number of people, it's this thought that pop music is very easy to write. Whereas I think good pop music, mm -hmm. it does take that kind of realisation that you're talking about in that sometimes being over articulate can actually water down the point you're trying to make or the story you're trying to tell. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, I, as in like, I definitely agree. I think there is this sense of like, there's a real misinterpretation of, of pop music. And it's, it's, I think that it's still very misunderstood, which is super frustrating. But I like, remember having that mindset when I was a bit younger and probably more so leaning on like Indian folk references and, and music. I, I came to kind of dismiss pop in a way. Um, and 
coming back to it was kind of like coming back to a kind of deep core, like childhood version of me. Cause I grew up listening to like Kylie Minogue and my mm. Walkman when I was really <laughs> little, you know, and it's just kind of like, that's something that was really sacred to me as a kid. So it's kind of like, you know, I wanted to bring pop music into my adult life. I think it just kind of took me a second to get past all of that conditioning of kind of like, oh, what if pop music isn't serious enough or whatever? Um, and then kind of learned the reality, which is that it is actually a lot more complicated. Mm-hmm. Like I recently was on a long flight and I went through all of my voice notes from, I guess, way back when I was younger. And I, there's just, there's no sense of structure really. Like there's so many words, there's not a lot of, it's, you know, I was just experimenting and it's good because I was getting a lot onto the page, but that was easy because I was just saying everything that I wanted. I was fitting in as many words as I wanted. And I think when you're trying to make something stick a little bit more, you don't actually have that same level of freedom to just be like, blah, 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 blah. Like you, you actually have to condense it more. You have to be more precise and, and you have to be mindful of what's come before in order to like, how's that going to launch this next section and how is it all going to fit together? And it is like a really complex puzzle and it has made me admire pop music even more than I did before. Oh, I absolutely love that. And yeah, 100% agreed. It's, it's something that I think I will gladly admit, I think I've been guilty of it in my maybe like mid twenties thinking that there's not no merit to pop music, but you know that it's, Mm not complex, but it is terribly complex to be so concise and to the point and also to make it catchy as well. I think that's the other thing as well. Pop music is super catchy, which that's an art form in itself. That's, yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, there was one, there's two tracks I wanted to talk about. One was my favourite one. This other one is a very close second, but okay. I feel like one thing I wasn't expecting from a Credit Ray album was to be absolutely like jaw drop gobsmacked at a certain track, which you might even know what track I'm going to refer to. I think you're teasing it on social media at the moment. It is very catchy, very brilliant baseline. Um, don't date the teenager, Greta. This is, I had to listen to this track four or five times just to be able to pick my jaw up off of the floor. This is, I... Yeah, it was firstly, anyone who's listening hasn't listened to the album as of yet, please go listen. The best thing I can say is like it's the Australian version of Dear John in a way. Is Is that a weird call to make? Thank you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I mean, yeah, I guess if Dear John had like a little kind of like shimmy going on, (laughs) like, you know, it's very sonically in a different universe, I think, but there definitely are similar underlying themes for sure. This is what I wanted to kind of ask because it is, um, and people listening to this episode, please go listen to the um, Positive Spin, but this this song is addressing, I want to say, predatory behaviour, 
But from the angle that you took with it, I, I think that was the other part of it. Firstly, the lyrics, but then the fact it's not a ballad. It is not, it doesn't appear to be coming from an angry place and it doesn't appear to be coming from a, mm. and I have to preface this and say, obviously, that there are times where songs like these, they do come from maybe like a um, a victim's perspective, which is fair enough as well, depending on what's happened in that. This seems to be from none of those where you mm. seem to be brushing this off, calling this person out almost, I don't want to say having a laugh, but this is the most upbeat calling out track I've heard all year <laughs> from someone. It is such a brilliant track. <laughs> what made you take that position oh, on you. it in terms of having it be such an upbeat kind of bop of a, of a, yeah, of a, of a call out. <laughs> the reason that Don't Date the Teenager landed in a sonic space that was very upbeat um, and very bright and kind of jolly considering that the topic is quite heavy um, was the fact that for me personally, um, there was this um, sense of slight disconnect because mm. it was something that I wouldn't have been able to write this song had I not had a lot of time to process the topic itself. So when I got into that room and I said, I've got this really blunt song title, I actually just brought in the title of the song to my collaborators. And after about 30 minutes of hanging out with them, I knew that it was those two collaborators that I was going to give the title to. It's Evan Clark and Hayley Collier that I wrote this song with. And um, when I started kind of telling the story, the song really fell out of the sky, but we were so energized and excited to work together that it was pretty clear that it was going to go in a very pop direction. And I think that the whole concept of positive spin is bringing things into a light, a lighter space when you can. And I really feel quite proud that I've achieved that with this narrative. There was no need for me personally to feel like I needed to indulge in the weight of it um, any longer. It was something that I wanted to feel above and, and free. And I think that the voice of this song feels quite big sisterly. And I think about, you know, my 20 year old self hearing a song like this with such a direct inescapable hook, um, of the point of the song. And that that's something I'm hoping that if there is anyone that kind of is moving through the heaviness and they hear the brightness kind of calling them and encouraging them to come have a dance, that they can be pulled out of the quicksand and dust themselves off and kind of, yeah, rise above that and reclaim a sense of, of, kind of empowerment, I suppose. That's kind of what I'm hoping that this song does and that's why it lives in the upbeat kind of shimmy um, sonic sparkly space that it does <laughs> and I think it will be a joy to perform live with a lot of this finger-wagging movement going on. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is almost, the, the finger-wagging I think is almost going to be a... Um, well, I imagine it might become a bit of a staple because it is too good not to with a song like that. It's so much fun. Oh, we just had such a good day writing this. There was no sense of, yeah, we just we we just were just so excited about pop music and um, Evan Clark, like he wrote the bass line in the chorus and I was like, that's the best bass line I've ever heard in my life. Like, oh, and I can't <laughs> wait. I'm so happy that people are now hearing that and getting attached to it in the way that I've been attached to it for, for so long. So I'm very excited about it. Well, I, again, I think you have delivered it in, in a perfect, again, this is, um, 
I'm just fangirling at this point, which seems a little bit silly, but it is a brilliant track. Um, I think, yeah, executed extremely well. Um, Is there a track off Positive Spin that you're hoping maybe resonates with people more so than others, which you want to get that, that song across? A track that I think resonates with people more so than others. Hmm. It's like the unfair way of asking, hmm. do you have a favourite track? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. I mean, it's so dependent. Like it's it's so dependent on people's own experience and own lives. And I think one of my favourite parts of an album campaign is seeing how people interpret the songs and also how they invite them into their lives and what they choose to allow that song to mean to them personally. So it's kind of hard to know or hard to judge, I guess, like what song would be. Um, Yeah. I guess what song would kind of be the most connecting song. Cause I think it will be different depending on the person, but I think that a song, I feel like a lot of people might relate to, as like if they're very romantic in the way that I am is probably track three, which is a song called Nobody Here. Um, I think, yeah, I had a little fan um, listening session and I played some unreleased songs and Nobody Here was one of the songs that I played them. And um, I described it as just like I wanted to make that song sound production-wise. I wanted to make it sound like you had like a really big all-consuming crush on someone. And so I feel like that's, that topic has been something I've been writing about since I was very young. Like, you know, I think people saw it first in drive really. Mm -hmm. And so it is definitely a theme that I like to revisit and a theme that I think it does really connect with people. So, um, yeah, maybe that one. Very solid choice. Obviously it's an unfair question to ask. So I appreciate you entertaining us with that. (laughs) Um, In terms of the fan event that you just discussed, I know that you do have a Mm. beautiful connection with your fans. We will give a shout out to the Simp Girly Club while we're here on the podcast. Um, Yay. (laughs) um, What is it that drives the the connection that you have with your fans? Because it seems like there, there is this beautiful, I think one of them brought you this lovely looking cake at that event, but there seems to be a real actual <laughs> connection with, with them, which is a gorgeous thing. And a, not, not a lot of artists have that as well as it seems that you do these days. Mm, thank you. Um, yeah, it's really important to me. I think, um, I mean, I've always really appreciated being able to connect with my audience, but I think, um, after I saw the way that they responded to the first record in particular, um, I think that was really inspiring to me just how much it meant to so many of them. And that record came out during the lockdown period. And so I think people were probably going in even deeper with music than usual, but to see like the potential of like, Oh, people can get really attached to my records. Like how magical that's how I (laughs) get attached to albums too. It just made me think really long and hard about the kind of vision that I wanted to execute with this next project and how I just wanted them to feel like they were a part of it every step of the way. And like you give them a theme and they, sprint with it. Like I started kind of wearing yellow at all of my shows without really any explanation. And they knew that that meant something. And then there was a lemon emoji and then they were like, I don't know what that means, but I, I know it means something. (laughs) And like, it was just, it was so fun. And, you know, I think there's something really grounding about, um, the bond that we have because we all 
are the same in terms of just how obsessed we are with music and getting to see them in person um, and have that time to talk about the songs. Like, I think it just is really, it reminds me that, you know, these people are kind of their peers a lot of the time and we're all having like very similar life experiences and I might be the one writing the songs and they might be the ones listening. But at the same time, like we are all, I grew up, you know, obsessed with records and artists and music. And so there's a lot that we have in common. And I think getting to share in that connection that we have is something that is really sacred to me because I feel like it's, it's actually very humanizing to be like music is just a very connecting, beautiful thing. So yeah, I love them. They're very special to me. I absolutely love that. Um, one comment that you just made that I'm very curious of, because you said they're almost like a colleague or, or something like that. Would you, would you ever yeah. write yeah. with a fan? Would you ever write a song with a fan? Oh my God, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that would be so fun. I think, I don't know, like, you know, they also know my influences very well and, mm-hmm. you know, some of them love my influences and I can tell, I can tell like, you know, when I'll meet a certain fan and I will get a sense of how they've gravitated towards my music and if it's had something to do with someone that I also look up to, like other artists that I look up to, then I think that that's all the more special. I think it's really cool. Well, I'm going to put the call out to the Simp Girly Club to see if we can get any songs coming from them. Let's have a collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, they would write a really chaotic song if it was all of them together. <laughs> I would be, I, I, you should see the memes that some of them make. They are just out of control. I love them. I've seen some of them. I think I've followed them on Instagram and if, I'll double check that after <laughs> our chat today and if not, I'll follow them. Um, very quickly before we get on to touring, I just want to very quickly ask about one last track. It was called You've Already Won, yeah. which I think is my favourite track on the record. Yay! Gorgeous track. <laughs> very just like heartwarming track about taking stock of the, the important things in your life. Where did this song kind of come from and I guess what inspired you to write it? Um. I always wanted to have a song where I, when I had a moment of feeling profoundly grateful for my life or for my friends or for the experience that I was in right at that moment, just that really kind of random or consuming gratitude of like, oh, I just, I wish I had a song for this, you know, um, I, yeah, wanted to write that song for so long, but I feel like it's a fine line and, and it could so easily fall into a very like cliche category. And it was just like a very important task that I knew I had to one day attempt to achieve. And then I was having this really beautiful summer in London last year. It was before the heat wave got really concerning. So it was when everyone was still feeling good. And, um, we were kind of, I was, you know, staying with some friends of mine. Um, I, it was sunny every day. I was going to the markets. I was going on all these lovely walks. I was journaling. I was having really fulfilling writing sessions. I was following around my friend Maisie because she was doing festival season. And like, there was just so much going on and it was really, I felt really lucky. And so one day I just went into a session and I was like, I want to try and write about like every single thing that I love about life in (laughs) one song. Let's see how we go. I think I'm just going to make the verses like little lists. What do you reckon? And it was actually with the same guy that um, one of the uh, co-writers on Don't Date the Teenager that I wrote, you've already won with. And so I was very comfortable with him at that point. And he kind of knew that I was just going to do my little crazy amount of words <laughs> thing. Um, and then I just kind of presented him with these verses that felt very specific to like 
things in my life that I love. Um, and now whenever I have those moments when I'm out with friends or playing a show, um, where I kind of go, Oh wow, I feel, I'm so grateful. Like I feel so lucky. Then I know that I have a song that kind of captures that emotion. Yeah. I love that. It is a brilliant track. So thank you for indulging me with that. Um, I'm glad you like it. (laughs) I want to touch on quickly the Big Pop Show Tour. It is kicking off in September. You're taking this album around the country. And very quickly before we get into how you're feeling about those shows, I just want to point out that um, for anyone who did go to or attend a show in the Begin to Look Around Tour, that was a fantastic tour. It was one of those things I feel that um, when you watch an artist kind of command the stage and it's like this is probably the last time we'll see an artist on a stage like this and I wasn't wrong because these rooms are a lot bigger I went and checked all the capacity numbers (laughs) (laughs) scary (laughs) but very exciting exciting. yeah 100% how are you feeling about um taking these songs out on, on the road I'm so excited I'm so excited I just I feel like this year has been so rewarding I have had um, the chance to play a handful of shows at the beginning of the year, like before we got into the album campaign. And that was right when the fans kind of had really latched on and started really engaging with the project because they knew something new was coming. And so my shows have kind of been this slightly different experience where like I have this incredible privilege of having these like really loyal fans that I've now met dozens of times show up and be right front and center. And like, it's such a blessing to kind of look out into a crowd and feel that sense of like, Oh, okay, I'm starting a show. Like this is a bit daunting. And then to just look to the front and be like, Oh my gosh, I know them. And I just feel so safe with them. And so knowing that they're all coming to the tour and that there are so many more people that are kind of engaged at that level is something I'm so grateful for. And I just can't wait to see them because I know that watching them sing the lyrics to the songs that they will be thinking of their own experiences in their own lives. And as I mentioned before, like I do think that that is really humanizing and like what makes us all one is how we relate to music. And so I just can't wait for that energy. I can't wait to dance around. And yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a little bit stressed because some of the songs are really hard to sing, but that is always the case and we always <laughs> overcome. A hundred percent. There is, there is never any, well, from an audience's perspective, we never ever think that there was any doubt that you wouldn't have hit any certain notes or whatever it may be. We're none the wiser. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be fun. All the details for the Big Pop Show Tour are going to be in the episode show notes of this podcast, so we'll make sure that people can buy their tickets and get along to see you. Um, Greta, as you would know, having previously spoken with us, we usually ask what you're currently listening to. Is there anything at the moment that kind of takes your fancy? Oh, so many things. Um, I think I have to plug this right now, even though I've been rinsing this like all year, but I really love the Ray <laughs> record so much. Like, do you, have you listened to that? My 21st Century Blues by Ray? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite records of the year. And I think she's so phenomenal and, yeah, I t- I've been listening to it since the day that it came out obsessively. And yeah, it, that's been kind of like the record that I just like revisit all the time. Um, yeah. And I feel like she has taught me a lot as an artist in just like listening to her work um, and hearing mm-hmm. all of the details and everything. So can't recommend that record more highly. Yeah. 
brilliant, brilliant record. For a split second, mm. the audio dropped out and I thought you said the Greta Ray record and I was like, oh, it is pretty good. Oh, that's pretty fair that you're promoting that. So. <laughs> right. No way. <laughs> but the Ray Anytime record. Anytime someone asks me about someone else's record, you know I want to talk about it extensively. I would never <laughs> plug my own. <laughs> No, I know, and you, you've very kindly done that in the past for us, but I just thought, oh, that's fair. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Greta, thank funny. you. Thank you so much for coming on to the pod. I do appreciate it. As always, you're welcome back anytime. Um, congrats on Positive Spin, and we look forward to seeing you on tour. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'll see you on tour.